is episode eight of I Watch the Podcast. It might be episode nine. I, I don't know why I committed so it's hard. It's eight. To do the math. Six and one. It's eight. Yeah. Right, this is episode eight of I Watch Podcast. We're, we're, we're moving along slowly. This is our first podcast uh, during a regular season, which exciting in and of itself, in my opinion. Uh, and I don't know if the every baseball season is like this, right? Like, I don't know if I forgot the intensity of baseball season, but the amount of things that happened in the past four days since Thursday, opening day, to me is absolutely remarkable. Is it always like this? It, well, in one respect, you are correct that it is usually not like this because on Thursday, I think there were supposed to be 15 games on opening day for the first time in like over 50 years. So it was. It did feel like we were just being washed with baseball after such a long layover, and that's always a great feeling any opening day. But I think another thing that you're kind of referencing is that it was a batshit crazy weekend, and that is exactly just, what I'm referencing. It just was. It, it, there was some weird shit going on pretty much everywhere you looked. Um, there were uninteresting series, of course. You know that's just going to happen when the Rangers and the Royals play. Sorry. But even them, they scored like nine runs in the first four innings. They did, and and, and that was that Each. that that Thursday game was kind of crazy. And then I was gonna say, Cleveland and uh, Detroit played, and it was kind of crazy. But then we got the the snow game on the first day. Yeah. So like even the boring games kind of had something. So I I think that you're on to something. This was a strange weekend. Obviously some some storylines that will that will burn longer than others but i enjoyed it i really enjoyed it it was uh it was great to be just have have overload after after nothing and i think i'm going to introduce a new segment here because of all the things that happened this week uh, i think each week me and you are going to choose a thing of the week which was just out we'll maybe come up with a better name or maybe not i don't hate thing of the week uh but out of all the things that happened there are so many what was your favorite thing of the week it doesn't have to be the best it doesn't have to be the most exciting it could be the funniest it could be the best what, what was your thing of the week well you know i want to be subversive i want to and maybe i'll give a subversive pick after but i think that having babe ruth incarnate is is the thing of the week and you can't really say otherwise we were shown the pr- the promise of shohei otani within one game and it was spectacular he is probably you have to say the most talented baseball player you ever. I think he probably is. He's probably uh, one of the one of my favorite players I've ever rooted for. He hit uh, an impressive 450 foot home run, and then the sound through. of that ball off the bat made me scream in my bed. There is something about ESPN. I don't like ESPN's baseball broadcasts uh, in many respects, but Agreed. their miking it's different. It sounds different because because that sound was very crisp. I think they maybe have really good field mics or they have more field mics or something. So uh, that was very memorable. I'm glad we got that. And yeah, it, just an incredible home run. 97 miles an hour, top of the zone. Not a bad pitch from Dylan Cease. And he just turned on it. To break down the specifics of that home run, like that is where you want to throw a ball to a left-handed power hitter. You want to throw a fastball top of the zone. And they had been for the the previous three games or two games. I don't remember if it was a four-game series. It was a four-game series. And and the reason you want to do that is because it's very difficult for, I mean, presumably, very difficult to, you know, get the torque to pull that ball out. Sure. And he did it. And it he just stands pretty. on top of the plate. And that, yeah. uh, 
just pretty effortlessly just just you know destroys that ball into right center field. Uh, I I loved it. It was incredible. And then you know when on, when he's on the mound, he he is equally electric in my opinion. I I, I think obviously the the ending is not so ceremonious. Looking back at it, we're glad that he's not hurt after that collision at home plate. But a pretty yakety sacks of a play. If you it was will. strange, it was really strange. And the, you know, I found out later that they gave no throwing errors on the entire play. Is it because they would have been safe probably both way? I, no, how is there no? Yeah, Jose Abreu doesn't score unless there's a throwing. That's a bad call. Yeah. So so who was the catcher? Um, Max Stassi. Yeah. So he didn't get he didn't get a throwing error, and then Jared Walsh didn't get a throwing error for for the play at home as well. So and it just goes in the book as a strikeout. That's apparently, and then you know the the the, the reliever comes in and gets gets the out the next pitch. So it effectively was just a strikeout. Obviously, very dramatic, and everybody was holding their breath and making sure uh, Otani wasn't hurt, and he wasn't hurt. But I think just his pitching performance really was what did it for me because that's the thing that we haven't seen in at this point. Two, two years. years so to see him come back and do it in a major league setting obviously you want to see him do it for longer and he lost some of his control towards the end but just consistently getting over 100 miles an hour 93 miles an hour splitter just some of the nastiest pitches you'll ever see and then that one at bat to your mean mercedes who is uh you know another in another week would have another been another candidate of the week. i was about to say yep yeah but this week he 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 was bested by the actual thing of the week and he just just got three sliders, like unhittable sliders in a row, and then just wasn't able to do absolutely anything with them. And yeah, that's my that's that's the thing I was looking forward to this season was seeing if Otani could do both of those things in the same game. It was rumored, like since Joe Madden um, was with the team, that he said he would he would do that with him, and he actually did it. He did it. I was having a conversation with a friend about Shohei because I think it, it was uh, it was a great. It's ri- I. What am I trying to say? That I didn't expect that to be such a good Sunday night baseball game. Like you know, the whole world's attention is on this game, and there, uh, there. It feels like there are few players who could command as much an interest as Shohei Otani. Um, what I will say, I, I, I don't know how where I stand on this right now. If you had to choose the most exciting player in baseball. I think Otani and Tatis might be at the top two. But I don't know who would be number one. I think you have to say Otani, at least for me. It is so unprecedented, and people will say it over and over again, and they'll say it because they're right. But <laughs> Yes, they will. You just haven't, said, you haven't seen this. You don't see this ever in a lifetime, seeing a player with this kind of ability. It's, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. There's no doubt about it. I don't know what else I can really even say about it, right? Like, he is the most... The, when you see him throw that scoreless first inning and then come into the game and, and hit a home run on on the first pitch had its own ring to it, you know? Like, it... it yeah, it's pretty spectacular. Let me... Uh, I want to bring up a, a rule with you I that I want to instate. I want to call it the Shohei Otani rule. I want to... When a, if a pitcher is the DH... He gets to stay as the DH. They don't have to take him out. Selfishly, I like it because I would like to see Otani in the game. I'll be after honest. That, right? I it thought it was of... the rule. It's, it's not the rule. Yeah. American yeah. League so double switches I... are what we, we're starting to get because of him. 
Yeah, we're, we're figuring it out on the fly. And I, I think it would be cool to see him play kind of just be two players, really, um, because he's the hitter and the pitcher. That, that's kind of what you're advocating for, right? That he's treated as Shohei Otani the DH and Shohei exactly. Otani the pitcher yes. in the same game. But that's not the way it works. I think that is um, kind of another this unspoken thing, just another reason to really question whether this is the most valuable way to use his, his, his skills. Sure. And this has been the thing that everybody has really tiptoed around because they want him to do both. And I want him to do both very badly. I think this is easily, from a marketing perspective and just an enjoyment perspective, the thing that you must do. And thank God Shohei Otani didn't go to a team, you know, like the Rays or the Brewers or something like that. That clearly would have maximized his potential and had him stick to one because that would have been terrible for the sport. But I think at some point you just have to say, is is like – are you missing out on 700 at-bats of Shohei Otani and him maybe like learning to play right field? Like what kind of player would he be? He'd be like yeah. an MVP, I think. So it's it's tricky. It is tricky. But then you get you get days like yesterday. You get weeks like that week uh, in 2018 where he hit a home home run off of Corey Kluber and then threw seven perfect innings against uh, the Rays. I mean the A's. You get you get week, weeks like that, and that kind of just reminds you that this is something that gets that kind of water cooler attention that exactly. you were talking about. Well said. I had somebody text me about Shohei Otani who doesn't really care That's about That's all baseball. you want. That's all you need. And this, I, I can't really remember a player that has done that, especially from out of market. Like a lot of the people that I talked to, they're in New York. So they were like, they were talking to me about baseball when Aaron Judge came around. Right. Or when the Lindor trade happened. And it's like, yeah, they're going to they're gonna care. It's Mets, it's Yankees. They're, they're around and they, they hear it. These people care about a Japanese pitcher from the second most popular L.A. team. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, that is what you want baseball to be able to do. I mean, everybody who who doesn't want, you know, Uh, the more players that baseball has that, you know, that can just be that and can do that. uh, Maybe Shohei Otani is the thing that makes Mike Trout popular. I don't know. (laughs) Mike Trout... Um, you know, in in shortly after Otani hits that Terry home run, he swung at an out of the zone three zero pitch. Amazing! And I like the aggressiveness. That's probably as as impressive. Uh, the pitcher getting in, uh, Dylan Cease getting him to do that as it is that Otani hit that home run because Mike Trout, first of all, rarely swings at three zero pitches, let alone um, out of the zone. Something something that maybe I think it's been written about that he probably should do more swing at three zero pitches because Mike Trout. Is a very passive, not passive, patient hitter. Yes, uh, he sees a lot of pitches, and I think at a certain point, you you once you don't swing at three zero enough, you you just record. You got to take advantage of that. You got to cash in from all for all that you know goodwill that you built, where, where people just had the scouting report on you, and they're like, oh, he's not going to swing three zero. Then eventually, you just got to flip the switch. It, it's uh, Pablo Sandoval swinging at the first pitch. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what it is. You're right. All right, so I'm gonna. I, I've been struggling. I've been stalling this whole time, asking you questions, trying to think of my thing of the week. But uh, I want to run through a list of the nominees with you because there are so many. Right. There is dueling no hitters. Two pitchers taking a no hitter into the sixth inning. There is a cat on the field in Colorado. There is the Zach McKinstry uh, inside the park home run that Rymel Tapia brings back into the ballpark. Doesn't yep. know he did. There's yep. Yerman Mercedes, his 8-for-8 eight eight power streak. There's Nick Castellanos sliding into home and flexing on the pitcher. 
Uh, is that it? There's Nick Castellanos hitting a two-run home run to deep center field. Uh, uh, there's the Bellinger, uh, Justin Turner. There's the, and then there's the Bellinger, Justin Turner. That's the huge one. The, the running past the uh, yeah. Cody Bellinger running past Justin Turner, who has his head down. The, ugh, having your head down running back to a base. I appreciate the the, the hustle, but the it did not pay off in that situation. And then even the Trevor Bauer no-hitter. Game two of the season. Trevor Bauer taking a no-hitter into the sixth and then giving up two home runs and then David Price giving up two home runs. So many nominees of things thing of the week. And I think I'm going to end at the the Milwaukee-Minnesota dueling no-hitters. I uh, it, it's, it, it's rare. It, it was a good game. It's a game that I would have turned on uh, probably otherwise. But it's not a game I typically would watch uh, through the beginning of the Gonzaga game of the <laughs> Final Four. Right. I did not expect a Twins-Brewers game three of the season to take me to be more interesting than the Final Four. Uh, two... Guys, Corbin Burns, Jose Barrios, who I I I think I had a little bit of question marks. You know, Jose Barrios, Jose wasn't he wasn't that great last year. He was pretty good. Baldelli coming into the spring said he's the best shape. I I he's doing the best pitching I've ever seen him do. Corbin Burns, one of the best pitchers last year, without a doubt. You know, high high stock. Um, but you know, can uh, I I tend to to lean on the side of twenty twenty being fluky. Um, and then they both come out and have no hitters through six innings, and Barrios has a take gets taken out after eighty four pitches in the sixth inning. I know. I know. I get that it's the first game of the year. I get we're ramping up still, but Shohei Otani threw ninety something pitches. Well, you gotta take him out of a no hitter <laughs> after six, and he's just gonna be happy. Oh, come on. That was that was upsetting to see him. When they came back from commercial and he was on the bench, that was upsetting. You could see he wasn't you could see he wasn't happy, but you know, this is just the way it's gonna be. There I think when you have managers who you, you just know that they are they're analytically minded, younger manager types, Rocco Baldelli is very clearly that. Um, they're just gonna ascribe to that Dave Roberts style of take the pitcher out. And I think we just got to be. This is just something we have to expect. I kind of figured that when they had when they had no hitters going through through um, you know however long they both respectively did that they just weren't gonna they weren't gonna be in the game to see see the game out even if it was a no hitter. Neither you knew ahead of time. I think I did because just given the managers and given that it's the first start of the season for them. Um, I kind of just figured that it would happen. It would I happen repre- that way. I repressed that feeling really hard. I think I might have had something a little lodged in there, screaming at me, just poking in the back, like a little anxiety, being like, "They're not gonna do it. They're not gonna do it." I was like, "Come on, it's baseball. <laughs> you know, they'll do it." They didn't do it. No, it's every not- player but Jorge Polanco struck out. That's incredible. I mean, they both looked absolutely nasty. It, it, it was not just like one of these. It was not a no hitter where there was these defensive plays that bailed them out. They they're only runners on base up until the point that they actually gave up hits or were taken out were hit by pitches. Yep. And they looked so freaking good. Uh, specifically, I think I, I have to say Burns just like the hit. losing pitcher. Yeah, <laughs> very harsh. Um, his his uh, his cutter is it just looks absolutely unhittable like he when he throws it for backdoor at like 97 miles an hour like how are you supposed to hit that if you're a lefty you know um i think that another thing that is is kind of 
important about these specific pitchers is that they elevate their respective teams very high if they are as good as they are. And I think they're it's two teams that are kind of not weak in the rotation, but not very deep. And they both have playoff aspirations. And it would just really help if they had these two pitchers being those, those kind of second aces for them this year. So I think their stock is probably higher now. And if, if, the, if the fan bases of the, the Twins and the Brewers can look to expect what they got out of this game from both Burns and Barrios, then they're feeling good about their team. I know I would. Yeah, to get that out of your two start. I mean, it, it's it's pretty remarkable. Uh, and yeah, I don't see how it couldn't give you uh, some hope. Uh, so that is my thing of the week. We got we got some time out of thing of the week. Look at us. We're, we're, That's a good one. That's a good one. You like I thing think, of the week? I, yeah, I like it. And uh, I, I, I just want to give respect to that Dodgers Rocky series. That was weird. The whole series so was, weird. was so strange. And it's so many weird things happened. You, you touched on pretty much most of them, but... There was a just, cat on the field. Would there we, was a cat on the field. Would we be talking about anything else? I mean, come on. There was a cat on the field. Cat on the field is prime June content. It really just had to happen during opening week. I mean, it got to the point where you forgot about the Justin Turner thing. Exactly. Because you had listed three other things that happened in the series. Yep. Yeah. What I, are we it, doing? I don't know. It, it was a weird one. That's all I'll say. It was very strange. I got, I got, a, I got a, a quick game I want to play with you. Okay. We are... Uh, for I guess some teams zero games into the season, for some games four, for some teams four games into the season, uh, there are 177 current qualified hitters. I don't really know what qualified is at this point. It might be 12 plate appearances, but it might be, I think it's three and a third per game. So it might be 10 plate appearances or 12, depending on how many games you've played. Mm-hmm. 177 players qualify. And there are still 10 players who haven't struck out. Out of all these players, I want to talk about, let's, let's, we're, I think we're going to talk about a few of them. Wow. I mean, at, uh, all of the ones who haven't struck out have only played three games. Nobody who's qualified and played four games has uh, has Whoa. managed to stay alive in this. Can you can you just go through the numbers again? There's how many hitters that are There's qualified? There's 177 hitters that are qualified. And only how many haven't struck out? 10 of them haven't struck out. That not that insane? Can we do what? Can you do a quick on the fly percentage? That's one out of every seventeen. That's like five. I just feel like that's such a low 6%. number of people left. That's crazy. That- we are getting to the end. Even more fun. Two of those players who haven't struck out also haven't walked. We, so we we've got some really fun uh, people here. I'm uh, specifically a little bit obsessed with Robbie Grossman right now. Are you familiar with what Robbie Grossman is doing? I'm not. What's going on? Robbie Grossman has 13 plate appearances. Okay. A zero 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 batting average. Oh no. And a six fifteen on base percentage. I knew it would be something strange. That is weird. How many walks does he have? Uh, I guess the number he's a sixty one and a half percent walk rate, which I guess would be eight out of thirteen. Maybe oh seven goodness. out of thirteen. My God! And they played. Who did they play? They played Detroit. Cleveland. Detroit played Cleveland. That's a lot of walks. Robbie Grossman has walked. Eight times in three games. Last year, he walked 21 times in 51 games. What is doing? What is going on with Robbie Grossman? This is one of the. I mean, he's already. He's got a 171 WRC plus. He doesn't have a hit. Career high of a 14.7 walk rate. Which, to be fair, that's pretty. That's pretty good. That's uh, very that, good. That is. That is pretty solid. But uh, right now, we're looking at a 61 and a half, a 0-0-0 average, you, and that'd a. That'd be. That'd be a single season record, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> Can Robbie Grossman maintain a 61.5% walk rate? Yeah. Um, all right, so we have 10 players we'll talk about who haven't struck out. I think Robbie Grossman is by far the more, most interesting one, mm-hmm. uh, having n- as many walks as he does and getting on base as much as he does. Yeah. Um, let's run through these guys because, actually, let's play a game first. How long will it be? Until every qualified player has struck out, will it get? Will we get, see tomorrow? Uh, and every qualified player has struck out. Wow, I think that we will probably. It'll probably be till this weekend. This weekend, the last person will strike. You out. think it can last four more games? I think so. Sure. Oh, I don't know about that. I think not tomorrow. Uh, I, I'm saying Thursday. Thursday's Thursday. my day. Okay. Everybody's gonna have struck out. So are you? Sa- are you giving Friday's games? Or are you saying Friday? Bef- when are you saying it's over? Saturday. Saturday. Sometime during Saturday's game, every player will have struck that's out. What I, that's what I'll say. Yeah. We're gonna do another podcast Thursday night, and we're gonna see where we're at. Okay. I, I love. That's a good plan. I like that plan too. All right. Here are some players. I, I want to. I'm curious as to who you think has the best chance of staying alive as the last player, qualified player, to not strike out. Okay. Fun fact off the fr- off the top, both Seeger brothers. No way. Both Seeger brothers have not struck out. Wow. Okay. Well, Corey was playing at Coors Field, so that there's probably some some reasons to that facing some good, some good old Rockies pitching. He is the only Dodger to have not struck out. If that means that, anything to you, it means a little bit. Um, Kyle Seeger, I, I always found to be kind of a contact hitter. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong with that here. I'm gonna look up his contact rate. Kyle Seeger struck out seventeen percent of the time last year. So no, he is a normal strikeout hitter. Both Seeger brothers have not struck out. Which which Seeger brothers gonna strike out first? They both play on the West Coast. They both play on the West Coast. Let's let's do let's do some But LA plays at nine forty. Chicago play the Mariners play Chicago at ten ten. So Corey Seager's getting that first Corey at bat Seager, tonight. Corey Seager's getting the at bat, and he's at he's closer to the top of the lineup. I feel like I, without knowing anything about the Mariners lineup construction right now, uh, let's say Corey Seager strikes out tonight. Corey Seager's going to strike out tonight. I'm going to go yeah. put some money on that. Uh, all right, here are the guys. Corey, both both Seagers. Nick Castellanos has not struck out. Manuel Mon- Margot, Adam Frazier, Robbie Grossman, mm-hmm. everybody's favorite stat line so far. Right. Jose Ramirez, Mike Moustakis, DJ LeMahieu, and Tommy Edmond. Okay, I feel like a lot of a lot of them I would have expected. Castellanos probably not, but the rest of them they they check out to me as kind of contact hitters. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, uh, yeah, I think that's probably pretty fair, or at least at the very least, free swingers. No, that, that doesn't really add up. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm looking at all their rates. They look like they're 15 to 16% strikeout guys. Uh, they all fall. That's below pretty... average at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Tommy Edmund, it's not working out for though. He's got he's got a 45 WRC plus, mm-hmm. and he has not struck out. Uh, well, let me tell that, you something. Not that these numbers mean anything at this. Throughout point. the course of this recording, DJ LeMahieu is at the plate right now, so we we'll see. Some oh, stuff. baby, wouldn't that be fun if yeah. this game could could we could real time talk about this game? Let me pull up the Yankees game real quick. I'll, Let's, I'll keep uh, you updated. I'll keep you updated. Yeah, it, all right. Yeah, we, we could use a pitch by pitch. If, if DJ LeMahieu strikes out, that would that would be. If fun. he's at a two, if he's at a two strike count, I'll let you know. Yeah, that would be great. 
so we got a lot of players who still haven't struck out. There is, t- I guess, well, if you put it in perspective, we have almost no players who haven't struck out. But yeah, I don't know who from this list, uh, who's going to be the last man standing? I feel good about DJ. I do. Uh, it's a good pick. It, I'll I, give you that. I just think the way he, he approaches the ball, it seems kind of uh, unlikely that he'll strike out very often. And uh, the Yankees are playing the Orioles this week. I just don't think they'll see that much you know nasty pitching. I think that's a solid pick from, from, from my perspective. Adam Frazier also is is you know totally a, like a throwback kind of slap hitter. Yep. Um, so that, that could be another one. I, I don't really know. But I think at this point in MLB, <sighs> pitchers are so tough. You're going to stri- strike out. Whether it's your approach I'm or really not. sorry. Fangraphs hasn't updated for today. Robbie Grossman struck out twice today. Oh, no. It was a blowout We have so too. much content we have to delete from this <laughs> hey, podcast. Hey, don't worry about it. I'll leave it in. Everyone can go through the journey just like us. Let's be clear. Robbie Grossman is still hitting 0-0-0, but, he's up, but his, his on-base percentage is down to 500 with his two strikeouts. So one man down. We, are, we have nine left because I didn't think to look at the stats before the games actually happened, for the games that actually already happened. And uh, uh, DJ LeMahieu had a full count. So, and hey, it's just, it, it, Jose Ramirez in. also struck out today. Oh this, no! They are dropping like flies. There is no way we're getting to the weekend. I'm winning this without a doubt. I feel Gross, good. We're down to good. eight qualified players through four games who do who have not struck out. We are up oh, seven. Sh- DJ LeMahieu just struck out. DJ LeMahieu just struck out. <laughs> this is the content people come for. The real time DJ LeMahieu strikeouts. High fastball and he couldn't hold up, so that's it. That's it. Seven. DJ LeMahieu. We have seven guys left. You we might not get through today. Unless we there's might, some guys. We might not get through today. Did, unless people are Cincinnati, playing. yeah, Cincinnati's playing right now. Did Mike Musaka strike out his first time up? Go ahead and check. He might have. I'm checking. He well, Adam Frazier, Adam Frazier struck out his first time up. No. This is amazing. This is unbelievable. Oh, my God. It's all And Mike Gustakis apart. struck out his first no, time up. No, it's all crumbling right before my Nick eyes. Nick Castellanos did not strike out. Castellanos what about Tommy Edmond? Tommy Edmond, are the Cardinals playing right now? Yeah, they're in second inning. Second inning. Second inning. Bump. We need a drum roll. Against the Marlins. The Marlins have a lot of high strikeout pitchers. I don't like what they I'm They have seeing. three runs, though. Tommy yep. Edmond has... Not struck out. Tommy um, Edmond drew a walk in his first plate appearance. Go, there we go. Tommy Edmond batting leadoff for the Cardinals. How about that? Okay, so we have Corey Seager, Nick Castellanos, Manuel Margot, Kyle Seager, and Tommy Edmond. We are down to five guys who have not struck oh, out. Man. We are in a race right now. And oh. the Seager brothers are both still alive. See, this is the kind of thing I'm now going to be watching these games thinking about this tuning into all the Seeger brother at bats and just just like really rooting for them not to strike out because i want to believe that players in mlb can go two weeks not even two weeks this isn't even two weeks a week and a half without striking out is that too much to ask oh i mean it uh four games is the number we're looking at right now can any player in major league baseball go four games without striking out is the question that we are asking ourselves right now I mean, I'd love to see what the number usually is after after four games or whatever. Yep. But I feel like 12 is insanely low. I don't. I think strikeouts are that common. Yeah, they are. They are. No, it's true. Maybe you're right. It just, when you put it into perspective like that, it's just like, man, everybody is, is striking out a whole lot and they don't care. At all, yeah, they don't care at all. I mean, they don't if, care. if I mean, we're gonna let's uh, let's do some small sample size theater right here. 
Uh, last John, year's strikeout. John Carlos Stanton is, is your small sample size hitter. He struck out what feels like 80,000 times already in like it, four games. So. He, because he has. Uh, strikeout percentage last year, 23.4%. This year, already up to 25%. But again, you know, we've only seen aces pitch. We've only seen, you know, one, two, and three pitch from most staffs, and mm-hmm. Jacob deGrom hasn't pitched yet. So, uh, yep. maybe he'll Matt, balance Matt out Moore hasn't pitched yet either. It, so. Damn straight. <laughs> damn straight Matt Moore hasn't pitched yet. Um, yeah, I, uh, I am, as you are, uh, pretty blown away by that number. It's concerning. It's concerning. Williams Ostadio's not even on this list. David Fletcher's not on this list. Josh Hader struck out Williams Ostadio and Luis Arias in the same outing. Remarkable. He should get some kind of award for that. That is insane. If you go to the other side, the other side of this is very fun. If you had to guess the amount of players who haven't walked yet, or, oh. what are you thinking? We have 77 that, qualified hitters. How many of them have not walked yet? I think that's much higher. Um, but how 20, much higher? 21. I'm going to need you to more than double that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess walks just happen so much less than strikeouts. They do. That makes sense. It's that 52. Makes, it's 52. Yeah, sure. 52 players have not drawn a walk, including, the, in my opinion, the most surprising of them all, Kevin Biggio. He's not drawn a walk yet. Well, he's he's been struggling. He he hit a home run today, so that yeah. It walks from Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Who knows what Joey Votto is anymore? I've read in don't the offseason that. that he wants Come he on. wants to swing more. I I don't know. I was lost. We are down to the the, the last five strikeout players. It's uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I'll be following this very closely, so I'm As glad you brought it to my we'll, attention. We'll, yeah, me too. We'll uh we'll we'll sync back on Thursday and discuss discuss what we learned. All right. Another thing I want I a topic close to my heart. The, you don't need to laugh at that. It, it is a topic. It's close to my heart. The Phillies, my team, my boys. I've been watching all their games. They look good. I don't want to say they look good because it makes me think, think that they'll look less good. I don't know. I'm putting some jinx out into the world. Mm-hmm. The Phillies on April 1st, opening day, they had an 18.3% chance to make the playoffs. And keep in mind, we have our our, our April predictions out there. Uh, and, and there are implications about the Fangraphs playoff odds. For instance, uh, the Giants on April 1st fell to 4.9%. So there are some uh, there are some things that could be going on here. So I'm keeping my eyes peeled. So the Phillies were 18% April 1st. Today they are up to 32.1%. Most of those percentage points stolen from the Braves because the Mets and Nationals haven't played yet. What do you think this means about playoff odds in general what do you think this means about how important early season wins are because you know i tend to not put a lot of stock in it it was great to sweep the braves but if we're being honest like it's the first three games of the season they don't feel like they matter too much yeah i think that is that is definitely how we are that's how we fe- we are supposed to feel. We're supposed to feel like these games don't they're not indicative. Like when I see that the Orioles are 3-0, I don't I don't think they're going to be 162-0. In fact, I don't even think they're going to be like 82 and 80. I think they're going to be much much worse. So yes. um that's a good instinct. But I think what the, the playoff odds are kind of respect, uh, reflecting here is that the Phillies were not projected to be a terrible team. They were projected to be a middle of the road average team. And they were predicted to be a team in a division with with teams better than them. And so if you take one of those teams that are better than you and you take three wins away from them, 
probably, right? And you give yourself three wins in the process. That's going to mean a lot. And it doesn't really matter when it happens. It doesn't. Um, I think it's an interesting exercise to think that if the Phillies had the playoff odds that they had on the last week of the season and the Braves had the playoff odds that they had, like would the, would the odds flip that much if, the, if they – if they swept him in the last week of the season, I'm not, I'm not so sure, but right. Exactly. I mean, I mean it, it, or even in June, I mean, like I, I am curious, uh, how I guess it's weighted. I, 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 I tend to put, I guess a little bit of stock into these, maybe, maybe more than I've ever really even actually thought I did. It, it, it it's a good contextual piece of information, uh, to give me an understanding about, uh, if I'm going to be wearing a jersey in October or if I'm just going to be keeping score. And to see them go up by so much, 18%, more than double what they were, or not more than double what they were, that's not true at all. Uh, but just to go up by so much, it it uh, it felt good, but it, it felt surprising for sure because, you know, it's what we said. It's, uh, it's so early. I, I don't feel like it means too much. Yeah, I, I think largely it probably doesn't mean too much because they could like lose these, this every game in the series to the Mets and where would they be? You know, like it might, it might. Yeah, it would fall right back down. Yeah, um, I. But to the point of just how, how to feel for the rest of the season, how much can you really take away from three games? Nothing. You, you really can't. So the bullpen is solid for the Phillies. Their starting pitching looks great, and uh, the lineup looks locked in. That's good. Yeah, agreed. But what do you do with that information? You know, like, I, Lord like, I know. Do you think that that will happen the whole year? Do you think that, you know, Jose Alvarado will be a bullpen ace? Do you think that Archie Bradley will be good? Do you think that the Phillies bullpen will not give up any runs? Any place that needs to be a constant spew of content, i.e. an MLB network or an ESPN or whatever, whoever's covering MLB really closely. Yeah. Uh It'll be another week before they the the they have the segment. Can the Phillies win the NL East if the Phillies you know are five and two? Because yeah. we always you know we have these talks every year. If I had to guess, I, I haven't watched much MLB Network. If I had to guess, there was a conversation about can the Orioles get to a wild card spot? And Harold Reynolds said oh my. yes. Come on, no. that's my. <laughs> There's no way. There's I know there is no way. That's a little rude of me to uh, ins- uh, imply, but um, I don't know. We're we're, we're when there's so much happening early on, you know, I, I tend to not buy into it. But the the playoff odds, I think that's why we started this conversation. Is is why we we were like, wait, maybe maybe I should. Yeah, I, I feel like the things that you put stock into are when pitchers make adjustments or hitters make adjustments. Like, you know, through the first few games, Vlad Jr. looks really good. He's he's had some some extra base hits. He's, he looks very disciplined at the plate. Obviously, well documented. He's lost a bit of weight. So I think people are putting a lot of weight into that, into his uh-huh. one one. Oh man, people are putting a lot of stock into one weekend of play. Yep, they always do. I don't. But the thing is, I don't know if in this instance they're so wrong to do that because okay, we know the skill that he has, right? And it's really just the the approach and the comfortability aspect of it that is made made his career a little bit more disappointing than the lofty expectations, really. So for people to see some kind of adjustment. Is positive, and I think the same kind of went for Tyler Glasnow when he when he started throwing that slider. So people sure. were like, "Okay, he's throwing a slider." They're they're look they're projecting forward as to what the implications for that will be, and that to me doesn't seem too unfair. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way of looking at it, right? Like, uh, is is there uh, contextual evidence 
that this is for real, right? Yes. And and in a lot of these cases, that there is. Um, one of my favorite things that Effectively Wild has taught me is that uh, we can start trusting leaderboards uh, when Mike Trout gets <laughs> right. to the top of them. Yeah, right. So right. Uh, let's not do that because he's not at the top of them. But I just want to uh, hit you with some some earlier numbers, uh, okay, which is that, that I guess I find interesting, which is that right now batting average is down. You know, we're very early. I, maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't even talk about this. Bat, batting average is down, right? It's a 237. Last year was a 245. The year before, 252. Right now it's a 237. It'll probably find its way back up. Again, they, we haven't seen those four and five starters. Yeah. I mean, you say it's early. It is probably a little early. These things stabilize pretty quickly. I know they do. But uh, the, the on-base percentage, despite the batting average dropping by, by eight points, on-base percentage is the same. Walk rate's going up. So... Do people just find their way on base? Is that what's going on here? They just take the base free. Yeah, they don't care what it is. They don't care. The the it always normalizes out because you know they get the base. They'll find the base. It's Jerry with the the twenty dollar bill in his pocket. Uh, the, really, the the main theme that I'm I'm looking for, um, and and seeing how that improves is the is the home run to fly ball rate, and I think there is a kind of a there's a feeling that the ball is is. Uh, a bit less juiced in some places and I think you and I were talking about it where there are, there are some home runs this weekend where we're looking at it and we're like oh yeah it's juiced and um, I don't really know what to make of it and I think I need to see I need someone to tell me how to feel honestly because it, it's tough to, to observe this in the moment because I think really what it comes down to is your team has a, a guy hit a ball to the warning track in an important moment and you're like oh yeah the ball's dead so i've that's exactly what it is for me at least i mean i'll see a ball off bryce harper's bat and i'm like no doubt about it and then they'll be like ah oh, the wind got it and i'm like is it the wind is it the ball yeah exactly uh let's let, the quick the quick number is that uh the home run to fly ball rate 2018 12.7 15.3 in 2019 14.8 in 2020 and 12.9 in 2021 that's so a sizable drop it's a sizable drop it's pretty comparable to what it was in 2018 um uh that's one of those things we're going to be keeping our eye on and uh maybe maybe next week after we'll, we'll we'll do our thing of the week and we'll check up on where our uh our home run to fly ball rate is because i think we give it another week and things will have, uh, will be pretty close to where they'll be i feel good about it like if, if, if it's around that 12 area next week uh that'll show me that it's kind of stable but I don't know. It's just because you got to think about it. There's so many fly balls being hit. The sample size is smaller than it would be in a 162-game season, but it's not like you're looking at one player's stats. You're looking at every Everything. player's yep. stats. And that is a lot of, that is a lot of at-bats. And again, uh, I'll say it for the 200th time, It is the, there have been four games played for a lot of teams, three for another. So we haven't seen those four and five starters who, if I had to guess, uh, on average, get hit a little bit harder. Yep. That's also true. I think that's all we got. We got a, we got a lot of early early things we're looking at. We got some things we're keeping on our our eyes on. Uh, we got some strikeout guys, so many of whom struck out. I wish I could have looked at that before talking about it. Uh, we'll be watching Robbie Grossman. I'll be watching all Robbie Grossman at Zap Bats to see if he can what comes first, a hit or a walk. <laughs> I mean, excuse me. A hit. Oh no, oh no, that's all dead. It's I want to see Robbie Grossman get a hit. I guess is what I'm saying. For his sake, for his for sake. his but, sake. I want to see. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if he had a six six fifteen bad uh, on base percentage and a zero batting average too? So yeah, I want to. I, okay, maybe I want to see how long he can keep this a good on base percentage and not get a hit. Yeah, I think that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to see which Seager brother is going to strike out first. Uh, I'm going to go with. I think you went with Corey, so I'm going to go with Kyle. We, we got a lot of things. We're looking at the home run to fly ball rate. 
And we're we should at... also we should keep we should look at the war of our teams. Oh yeah, selected. maybe on Thursday we'll we'll, we'll do a ver the earliest possible uh, war look at our at our teams. See how yeah. we're doing. Uh, just right. just off the top of my head, I feel pretty terrible about Yeah, you're not. I, I don't think you're. Like, none of us have any of them.